that conclusion by evidence. Um, how it continues will really depend on you know whether um, the return on these type of uh, uh, investments starts to emerge or whether it's a little bit uh, uh, hot and, and and misses. So look, it's uh, it's early days, but there's clearly a pivot. Uh, that's the evidence would suggest that. And what about the outlook for the markets overall? I know it's a, a broad question, but given the Fed is now talking about tapering before the end of the year, what impacts that going to have? Yeah, I think it was it clearly saw a little bit of uh, I wouldn't say a little bit of sobbing, not so much a tantrum from the markets in the last couple of days after the Fed minutes. Um, I wouldn't say that the market got spooked aggressively, but you know the market had been hot, so it came off a little bit after the Fed mentioned it. I was reading the minutes. I thought the Fed weren't convincing in terms of where they see it. I think there's a mixed view amongst inflation, a mixed view on uh, rates, a mixed view on growth, um, and even a mixed view on when to taper. Um, but I'd say the majority view probably suggests that there will be some push to tape, start tapering by the end of the year. Um, but I think uh, the way the minutes came out to me was it's still not a unanimous view amongst the Fed. So I suspect that the data that's going to come out in the economy post-summer will be very, very significant to decision-making by the central bank. Thanks very much, Toby. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Society General India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. A final look at the markets for this week in Australia. The ASX 200 up two-thirds of 1%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan has risen about 0.1%. Uh, the Cosby in South Korea is also up about a quarter of a percent and futures markets indicating a gain of about 0.4% for the Hang Seng. A lot of focus on commodity markets, which have really been hammered in the last few days. Although Brent crude oil this morning is rallying a bit. It's at $66.87 a barrel. Gold is at $1,780 an ounce. Thanks very much for listening this week. Do have a great weekend. Please join me again on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast, mainly fine and hot, but there's going to be some isolated showers and one or two thunderstorms, maximum temperature of around 32 degrees. And then the outlook is for it to be mainly fine and persistently very hot in the next few days. The temperature right now is 28 degrees, 83% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Barry O'Rourke has the half-hour news. Hong Kong and Singapore have said they've agreed to stop pursuing a travel bubble between the two sides. They say the decision was reached after considering the differences in anti-epidemic controls used in the two places. Francis Sid reports. SAR authorities said that Singapore may not be able to keep the number of unlinked local infections as required by the travel bubble scheme, noting that it plans to start to loosen social distancing curbs and build a COVID-resilient population. Hong Kong also welcomed Singapore's announcement that it will soon begin allowing travellers from the SAR to enter the city-state without quarantine. Four University of Hong Kong students aged 18 to 20 have been accused of contravening the national security law. The charge relates to a motion passed by the university's Students' Union Council mourning a man who stabbed a police officer before killing himself on July the 1st. The suspects have been remanded in custody. Priscilla Ong reports. The West Kowloon Court denied bail to Council Chairman Kinson Cheng, former Student Union President Charles Kwok and former Student Representative Chris Todorovsky. Though they granted bail to one of the suspects, former student representative Anthony Jung, prosecutors immediately said they would review the bail decision and Jung was remanded in custody. The four also face an alternative charge of incitement to wound with intent. Prosecutors alleged they incited others to maliciously wound police officers. The case has been adjourned to September 14th. 
Hollywood star Nicole Kidman has not breached any conditions that came with arriving in Hong Kong quarantine-free, authorities have said. Aaron Tam reports. The 54-year-old actor reportedly flew into the SAR on a private jet last week to film the Amazon TV series The Expats. The Commerce and Economic Development Bureau had granted her quarantine-free status for professional work conducive to Hong Kong's economy. The exception contrasts sharply with the SAR's entry rules, with many needing to quarantine up to 21 days even if they've been fully vaccinated. Eyebrows were raised after media reports said the actress was seen shopping in Central, even though she was required to minimize contact with people. But the Bureau said it's carried out checks and no breaches of the exemption conditions have been identified so far. For the first 14 days in Hong Kong, she needs at least three COVID tests and must submit her work-related itineraries and arrange point-to-point transport. The authorities in Washington, D.C. have arrested a man who threatened to detonate a bomb near the U.S. Capitol. The man had parked a vehicle outside the Library of Congress and showed a police officer who approached him what appeared to be a detonator. Police said they did not know what the man's motives were. At one point, the man took to Facebook Live to stream a series of threats and asked to speak to President Biden. More news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Tewerton. Your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about promoting Hong Kong and about the Paralympics. The government is planning to roll out an overseas campaign later this year to promote the city as, quote, the best place in Asia to live, work and invest in. It came after authorities paid 5.7 million US dollars uh, to global PR company Consulum uh, last June on its Relaunch Hong Kong initiative. The company, which controversially did publicity for Saudi Arabia, conducted market research that found us to be a, quote, cosmopolitan, diverse, dynamic and connected city. How should we promote the image of Hong Kong overseas? How do we maintain ourselves as Asia's world city? What are our unique selling points for visitors and for investors? Let us know your answers. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our number is 233 88266. After 9.15, we're going to be discussing the Paralympics set to start next week on August the 24th. What can Hong Kong uh, expect? Once again, our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Just before we get into the uh, today's uh, guests and today's uh, topics, some uh, thoughts on uh, other issues. Mark uh, says, this is in relation to our animal cruelty discussion, ha-ha, the Protection of Animals Ordinance uh, reads that, quote, all primates except man are protected. You could read anything into that, says Mark. Uh, James, not a fan, says, have you ever had a duller back chat? You are becoming a joke. Please remain relevant. Alonzo says, if the Hong Kong government sticks with its current zero COVID policy, it will inflict deep and long-lasting damage on the local economy. Indeed, this view was echoed by Inaki Amati from the European Chamber of Commerce in his interview with Janice Wong. Uh, Singapore's decision to pivot away from a zero COVID stance and accept that the virus will become part of a new normal is the template which Hong Kong should adopt to retain our position as a leading financial hub and avoid just becoming another Chinese city. If we are to follow this like Singapore example, it's imperative that our 
vaccination rate reaches a much higher level than the current 44.9% fully vaxxed, lower than Singapore's 70%. It's a concern that our daily numbers seem to have peaked, with only 28,680 people receiving their first shots yesterday, the lowest this month. To accelerate our vaccination rate, the Lamb administration should offer monetary incentive to the anti-vaxxers with a higher amount offered to the elderly. And Richard Mahoon says, Dear Backchat, I saw my old friend Nicole in Central yesterday. I was surprised to see her because I thought she would have been in quarantine. She told me that a nice man named Edward from the government said she didn't have to quarantine because she was special. She wanted to take him to lunch to thank him, but she couldn't. Edward said, I'm an important government official and I can't be seen receiving gifts from anyone. So instead, he took her to lunch. Don't worry, said Edward, and I know all the good places for lunch and I will pay because I have a government expense account and anyway, I make more money than you. Nicole told Edward that she was kind of surprised by that. Edward just winked and smiled. That's from Richard. I think Richard's got a job as a scriptwriter here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, joining us for the uh, main section of the show this morning, we have initially uh, Andrew Leung, who is an international and independent China strategist and uh, former director general of social welfare in the Hong Kong government, and Chris Young. Chris Young, a veteran journalist and political columnist. Um, Chris Young, let's let's go to you first. So the government (coughs) spent 5.7 million and they hired a uh, international PR agency, which came up with the message, Hong Kong is the only city in the world that offers a secure, dynamic environment for business, an exciting cosmopolitan lifestyle and direct access to the mainland market. Uh, value for money, Chris Uh What you just, just said uh, is, uh, to be honest, uh, not new to me. <laughs> and uh, uh, if we have to spend uh, millions of, of dollars for um, so-called consultants, uh, to tell us about that, I think this is uh, a joke, as one of your readers said on another uh, email um, uh, earlier. Uh, I guess uh, the question that um, a Hong Kong government is anxious and keen uh, to do is um, to, 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 to really say um, um, uh, what they would say correct, the so-called uh, mis- uh, information of misunderstanding of the world about uh, about Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong it, it has always been a uh, at least uh, one of the best places in Asia to live, work in 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 in, in Resin. Uh, I guess the problem uh, that we are we we are facing now um, in the past two years is the um, is the questions and doubts and 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 worries about where whether Hong Kong is still. It's still uh, one of the best places in Hong Kong to live, work, and, and invest in, and and to 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 do something. I think you ought to first uh, find out what are their concerns and fears and questions. Uh, what are the reasons behind the um, um, the kind of a perceived uh, erosion of uh, factors that make Hong Kong. Uh, a good place to live, work, and invest in. And from what I saw, uh, read uh, in the in the written reply from the government, um, the consultants' report did not indicate anything about uh, about that. I think um, the most important, perhaps, uh, job for any consultancy or advice is really to 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 find to to find uh, um, uh, problems. Uh, weaknesses. Well, well, Chris Young, do we, do you think we have an image problem in in uh outside Hong Kong, or do you think different countries see us differently, or what, what is the actual problem then? Well, 
um, I think the uh, those are not really image problem, but 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 but, 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 re, but, but problems in, in in reality. I think things happen in the past two years um, the, through the media, and in fact, uh, uh, from uh, from footages that uh, the world uh, the world have been watching. I think uh, from what happened in Hong Kong, those are real say uh, concerns and questions. Uh, about say our our legal system, the implications, the impact on the national security law, for example, which uh, which has uh, well uh, jurisdictions on everyone in in, in in the world, and that caused uh, real I would say fears and 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 uh, anxieties, and then um, the, the, the 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 impacts on say uh, freedoms in Hong Kong, freedom of ex- expressions. Uh, a, a lot of international media say uh, 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 report about say uh, press freedom here. Uh, what happened during the protests when reporters were badly treated, and then uh, warnings and threats by the government saying that they are going to regulate uh, uh, media here, including say uh, foreign media, and and how they treated the foreign foreign correspondency. I think those uh, those. Not just cause image problems, I would say, but 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 real damages to factors that had that had made Hong Kong a good place to live and work and invest in in the in the past decades. Um, so uh, I I think at least uh, that the consultant report should say um, analyze um, uh, uh, or maybe maybe did surveys uh, in different parts of the world or major cities. Major countries in the world, uh, how they perceive Hong Kong, and what are the reasons? Where they get the information, and 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 and, and then um, and then see say whether those are a problem with the messages. Okay, and and, and Andrew uh, Leung uh, is with us, international an independent China strategist, former director general of, of, of Social Welfare. Mr. Leung, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, once again. Do you think Hong Kong has a, an image problem? And if so, how would you uh, change it? Well, naturally, uh, Hong Kong has an uh, image problem uh, after what happened during the past uh, couple of years. Uh, otherwise, the Hong Kong government wouldn't have spent so much money on the consultancy. Um, that really reminds me uh, of a much more difficult time uh, in promoting Hong Kong. Uh, and that was immediately after June 4th, 1989, um, when I don't think there was any government consultancy, but I was, um, um, uh, whether lucky or, or unlucky, I uh, was invited to uh, brief the United States um, as the international visitor. Um, and I had the opportunity to talk personally uh, to uh, Steve Forbes uh, himself, together with his managing editor, uh, right out of Tiananmen Square, then that was then, um, in the summer of 1990, uh, not only um, uh, Steve Forbes, but also the, uh, some of the multinationals. Now, as far as Hong Kong now is concerned, of course there is an image problem um, after what happened um, in this kind of uh, riotous um, uh, protest with, uh, infested with riots, um, but also the introduction of the national security law. But if you look at the 
um, the consultancy. It's not just the uh, what the consultants are going to say. And I'm sure that uh, the consultants would be asked to look into uh, the image problems uh, in Hong Kong and identified what um, what worries what worries them most. Um, if you look at the uh, various questions about uh, whether Hong Kong is a good place to live, to work, uh, and to invest, um, and you really look at the main criteria uh, undertaken by the major um, rating agencies, for example, the EIU uh, in the livability report identifies five areas whether a city is livable, and that's the crime rate, Hong Kong, of course, um, um, excels in that regard, um, and, and, and even after, you know, especially after the introduction of the nas uh, national security law, you can walk around um, the streets safely without fear of being attacked or um, uh, by any kind of violence, either or hatred. Now, after the enactment of the national security law, now uh, as far as healthcare is concerned, of course, Hong Kong. Um, ranks very high uh, in public health care. Uh, culture and environment, uh, again, uh, Hong Kong has got a unique mix of East and the West. Um, and the, uh, as, uh, especially after the, uh, the opening of the West Kowloon uh, culture. Sorry, sorry Mr. Lung. So, uh, yeah, so the good things about Hong Kong, how do you sell those? How do you, how do you get that message across? Well, I think that uh, as what I did uh, in 1980, uh, 1990, is really you've got to um, not just spend too much time about good things in Hong Kong, as you say, uh, but to address the really things that worry them. Um, okay. First of all, um, is it the safe place? Yes, it is. Um, and then, uh, is there any, any kind of um, major erosion of freedoms? No. I mean, you know, you, every day, you can, you, if, you, if you look at um, the Chinese media, and, and, and of course, and also the English media, there's constant stream of criticisms uh, of the Hong Kong government, holding the Hong Kong government to account. But what has happened is that really you can't you can't tremble. Sorry, so uh, so so, so to summarise, yeah. So to summarise, you, you're saying we've got to go across the message that Hong Kong is still free and That's still not safe. Cosmetic. I mean, life yeah. is real. You walk around the street. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, we're safe. just talking about the about the uh, uh, you know a possible campaign. So that would be the message that we're, we're still look at what the issues are that concern people, uh, and then go to. No, I think that I think you've got you've got to address the real concerns. Yeah. The concerns, and then you highlight uh, the facts on the ground, uh, which, of course, as I said, the crime rate, the healthcare, culture, environment, education, infrastructure, um, and 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 place to work. You know, things because things work in Hong Kong yeah. uh, okay. as compared with other places. And after all, you know, we we talk about Asia. We're not saying that Hong Kong is the best place in the world to, you know, in the world global list. I'm yeah. talking about Asia. You walk around Asia. What other city has got this complete mix, as well as the access to the uh, the China market? Okay, we're also now joined by Alan Zeman. Alan Zeman is the chair of the uh, Lang Kwai Fong Group. Uh, good morning, Mr. Zeman. Good morning. So, does Hong Kong have an image problem? Um, well, it definitely has an image problem uh, because of uh, the problems we've just encountered in 2019. Um, and, uh, of course, the, uh, you know, because Hong Kong is now part of China, they we're caught up in the Cold War between the U.S. and China and, uh, well, the Western world in two different systems. And so, of course, uh, the reporters, you know, have uh, the media uh, around the world have uh, targeted Hong Kong as uh, you know, losing its freedom and security and all the other crap that uh, that they like to write about. 
but uh, I've done a lot of interviews, uh, Zoom calls with uh, reporters in Washington, actually one just two nights ago uh, from very biased uh, media, but uh, I think I held my own. Okay, you, you do these interviews, of course, free of charge. The government paid $5.7 to these consultants um, to come up with slogans yeah. like Hong Kong is a safe, growing market with considerable potential. Hong Kong is the ideal springboard to the right. mainland and Asian markets. Is those the kind of slogans worth $5.7 million? Um, I bet you so, could do it you know, cheaper, couldn't you, right? I mean, is, is any advertising worth what you pay? You know, I mean, it, it's... So it's ad, not. Advertising it's is not. Sub subjective, basically. And well, it, they didn't even advertise, did they? I mean, they came up with this, and the government know, shelved I, the advertising I, campaign I, because I, of COVID. I think, I think when it comes to ISD, when it comes to uh, uh, governments in general, not just Hong Kong, uh, they're quite weak on, on their soft power. You know, that's one thing the U.S. is very strong on is their soft power. But uh, I, think, I think when it goes uh, to that, uh, I think we could have gotten more for the money that was spent. Uh, well, I, I do agree on that. Do, do you agree? I mean, Chris Young and Andrew Lung made the same point that we should look at the, um, the, the downsides, not just assume everything's rosy, but look at the other concerns, look at the, the problems I, I think, that people I, I think have. the key... Me, I always agree? Think, no matter what you advertise, uh, most people do, just don't believe advertising in general, especially today mm. with social media. It's a different world mm. uh, before we had the internet. But now with social media, people believe what they read on in, in social media. And so, and so, because that's really the young generation, that's the way they're brought up now. And so, I, I, I do believe uh, advertising, you know. But, but you say that the, the pudding, you, I think you have to. Oh, but I don't understand really that because you say that the Western home. media changes minds, doesn't it? You're assuming that the Western media's negativity has an effect. Why can't uh, uh, Hong Kong's positivity ha also have an effect? I think. Listen, I think we have to be positive. Uh, Hong Kong mm. is a great place. I mean, uh, that we, we do have problems, and I think the proof is always in the pudding. If you can fix some of the problems we have in Hong Kong, housing and some of the other problems and, 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 and give young people a, a chance to uh, believe that they have a future in Hong Kong. I, I think that uh, in general, um, you know, Hong Kong in the long run will be stronger and stronger the future for Hong Kong between the Greater Bay Area and the other uh, other stuff. I mean, the problem we have right now, you have the B UK with the B&O passport, uh, passports that are handed out, and that's, that's a good story for media, uh, all the people leaving Hong Kong and whatever. But you know, uh, my business in general has never been stronger <laughs> at the moment, you know, even with the COVID. Yep, but we're talking about promoting Hong Kong's uh, image uh, overseas. I, I mean, you can promote whatever you say. Does not Are you saying it's just a waste of time? We don't need to do it. I, I, I think that we have to fix the problems at home. I mean, you can have, you can spend some money on, on promoting the image uh, mm -hmm. abroad. You know, if, if we've, if we've seen Thailand once in a while promote something, uh, 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 Thailand, the land of smiles, something, you know, and, and it's okay. So, but it so, sorry, how about that then? If, if Thailand's the land of smiles, I mean, Hong Kong used to be, called, called, the slogan used to be Asia's lowest city. city. Now people now make fun of that and the where you see the slogan is rather faded. Um, yeah. what, what, what would the slogan be for Hong Kong now? You're, you're, um, uh, I'd say, I'd, I'd say, Come and experience Hong Kong. That's basically it. Just leave it at that. Make your own decision. Come and experience. It's nice and neutral, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, I can see the yes, and you, you were talking yeah, I, I, an open-ended as well. Because, as I say, whatever you're going to say, uh, you'll have your doubters, and you'll have. You know, listen, I get calls from people in the U.S. all the time. My some business associates, are you okay? Is everything okay? Uh, do you want to get your money out? You know, they, they just can I, and, and, and I just tell them that things are have never been better, but. Uh, 
you know, it's just, it, it, it's a problem that uh, obviously goes away with time. We went through it in 97 when uh, many Hong Kong people didn't believe in the future and left Hong Kong and went to uh, Canada and Australia and U.S. And, and, but two years later, many came back again. And I think you'll have a similar uh, effect now. And, and, and uh, Hong Kong is changing, and, uh, but it's changing for the better. I think we were pretty messed up before. And, and, uh, um, like the last we 20 years, we've been fairly messed up. What's that? Like the last 20 years, we've been fairly messed up. Well, I, I think uh, we had the last 20 years. Um, I, I believe that uh, we had problems. One country, two systems was, a, was something that no country, no city has ever done before uh, in the world. Sorry, and before that, we were a colony. So we we've always been messed up, is what you're saying, or since 1840? Well, I'm saying, I'm saying basically that uh, that uh, now things are, you know, we we, we found the the, the the point, the boiling Hong point Kong has been sorry, so to summarize, Hong Kong has been Hong Kong has been on had, the wrong path. You would not have since, had 2019 uh, and, until and, July the first uh, last year. What's that? So you're saying that Hong Kong has been on the wrong track until July the first. Well, it wasn't last on year. the wrong track, but it, it needed it needed some fixing. And I think basically what's happening now, uh, China stepped in and is fixing Hong Kong. And I think hopefully it'll be a much better place. Listen, 2019 was not fun for anyone. Uh, my family, your family, anyone, just uh, going outside was scary. And so, and so I think, I think we're, we've gotten back on the right track. We've gotten the, the train was off, it was derailed. We're back on the rails again. And I, I believe that the future uh, will, be, will be good for Hong Kong. And See, I think once, because there is, as far as I'm concerned, in Southeast Asia uh, or in many places in the world, listen, I've been here for 50 years, and I think this is the best you, place you, in the world. There's a said, lot of businesses around the world. There is no better place than Hong Kong. You just said China's fixing Hong Kong. You don't want to use that as a slogan. Well, no, I don't want to. Uh, no, I. Uh, well, That's what you just said. I'm just picking up. I, maybe it's the term, term maybe you used. Uh, I didn't terminology, use it. but what I'm saying, what I was, what I meant is that, is that in general, we are now one country, two systems, and 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 we are part of China, which is nothing wrong. China is the future of the world, whether you like it or not. You want to go to the U.S. and see what's going on in the U.S. at the moment? It's a mess. Yeah. Would you so, would you play up the Chinaness? The no, the no, links no, with China? No, not at all. Hong Kong has its own unique. Okay, so you'd play that up when you were sort of promoting overseas? I play up. Uh, Hong Kong has its own character, its mm -hmm. own unique characteristics, and, and Hong Kong is, which it is, one country, two systems, and it has. It's a great. It, it, it actually is a great place to live. A great place. It's safe. It's, it's which is not in many uh, many countries around the world, as we can see. It's uh, we have a great future. We're on. We're we're part of the, one of the the biggest populations in the world with the fastest growing. Uh, uh, economy in the world. Um, we, we've we've got a great healthcare system. We've got education, um, and that's that's really the most important thing. Cultural now uh, is working with West Kowloon is coming in. I'm part of West Kowloon, and, and for most people, they don't even realize what is coming. Okay. But, but what when okay. all that opens up, uh, we've got. Uh, Chris and Young, okay. Entertainment. You've got a water park opening in Ocean Park next month. All right, Chris Young. You know, lots of good things about Hong Kong. You know, um, we don't want to yeah. be relentlessly negative. How do you? You've got to sell this, sell us overseas. How? how you know, yeah. what, what are the good things? What are the good things you can say about Hong Kong now? Well, I, I agree entirely with Alan that uh, what makes Hong Kong uh, uh, tick uh, in the past decades is the kind of really the uniqueness uh, of Hong Kong. Hong Kong is different. 
uh, not just from uh, other parts of China, but uh, from the rest of the re- from the rest of the region. And what caused uh, the so-called image problem is the questions and doubts that uh, Hong Kong is no longer unique, but but more like more like other parts of China in terms of the legal system, the the, the rule of law, the the the, the, the damages to freedom. Yes, uh, on the surface, Hong Kong is still a free place. I think we can still talk about these issues here and through the media. But there are more and more, say, uh, cases, evidence of uh, restrictions, uh, limitations uh, on freedoms. Uh, Look at what happened to the pro-democracy groups, parties, politicians, and journalists stop fighting, foreign journalists, doing reporting, there is a problem here, for example. I think those are real. Those are real and 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 and, and deepen the the perception. I, 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 but but I know Hong you like Kong to f- I know you like to focus on on uh, problems. Yeah. But well, you know, if you are selling Hong Kong, it's a job. Yeah. Someone's going to do it. How do you do it? How do you promote Hong Kong? What's the angle that you take? Well, uh, I think back to basics. I think really see, seeing is believing. What about that idea of, yeah, come, to, sound, come yeah. to Hong Kong and decide for yourself? Uh, Chris Young, you sound like Alan Zeman there. That, that's really the... I, I, that's, I, scary, that's, that's scary. Really <laughs> I think that's really the basic things. I think uh, what, 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 why, why Hong Kong has a good image in the past, because Hong Kong is an open, free, transparent society. I think the international uh, as visitors come here and see for themselves how protests were, how peacefully, uh, how the, uh, 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 the, the kind of a diversity of, uh, of, of media and, 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 and dynamics of society. I think they are the best salesmen of, of Hong Kong uh, after they come to Hong Kong. And uh, I, 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 I can see that, uh, in fact, there's a lot of breakdown of uh, exchanges between, say, government and uh, international community. Right. What the front, what the uh, economic trade officers uh, uh, did in, in, in those other countries, country, okay. I think, yeah. All right, well, Chris Young and uh, Alan Zeman, many thanks for, for joining us uh, this morning. Andrew Lung will stay with us. We're also going to be uh, joined by a professor of uh, tourism. Uh, and we want to hear from you. We've got lots of interesting emails, uh, of course, on this topic. Back to the rthk.hk. The weather mainly fine and hot with isolated showers and one or two thunderstorms. Temperatures up to 32 degrees. The outlook mainly fine and persistently very hot in the next few days. 29 Celsius at the moment with a relative humidity now of 76%. Back in three minutes. Back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning. Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, promoting Hong Kong. How would you sell Hong Kong? Does Hong Kong have an image problem uh, overseas, uh, around the world? Uh, if so, how can we um, uh, improve that? Uh, we're joined now by uh, Andrew Lung, International and Independent China Strategist, former Director General of Social Welfare, and also now by John App, Visiting Professor, Director of the Global Centre for Tourism, Education and Training at the Macau Institute for Tourism Studies. We were talking to Chris Young and Alan Zeman in the first part of the programme. Later, we're going to be talking about the uh, Paralympics as well, uh, kicking off uh, next week. OK, lots of uh, diverse emails uh, on this uh, first topic today. Bill says on Facebook, 
to an Asia regional CEO. Hong Kong is the world's last Cantonese-speaking city. Its geographical location in the centre of Asia make it ideal regional headquarters. The city has distinct groups with little attempt to bring them together. Hong Kong is not a melting pot. The local labour pool is well-educated, multilingual and mostly unwilling to relocate away from Hong Kong. Depending on your group and your wealth, Hong Kong people are to various degrees friendly, helpful and honest. Pay your Hong Kong staff well. Money is king. Marcus says it should be reworded as China's international city because saying Asia's will just cause further ridicule. Carl says with the effort by the SER government, Hong Kong is self-isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, Vic says, uh, word of mouth and good media are the best ways of promoting Hong Kong. Presently, the policy of welcome to Hong Kong and be sent to the gulag for two to three weeks is not really a good strategy. Um, uh, let's see. Polly says, good for Alan Zeman. The business is better than ever. What about his pro-democracy friends still in jail? How can Hong Kong be on the right path when China has swallowed Hong Kong? Uh, Vic also says the world knows Alan is a mouthpiece of the Hong Kong and PRC government. He's not concerned about Hong Kong. He's just protecting his own personal and business interests. In the eye of the Hong Kong common man, he has no credibility. Uh, Hugh says this is in relation to the PR firm. They just uh, delivered what their client wanted to hear. Not their fault, just a tone-deaf, inept client. Uh, Tommy says rather disingenuous of Mr Lung to refer to the risk of being attacked during the protests anyone who was on the streets at the time know that the chance of being attacked by protesters was minimal it was property that was at risk uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Andrew Kay says, I actually agree with Alan Zeman. Seems most of your listeners have not lived anywhere else. I have and know that Hong Kong is one of the best places I have lived. China's done much to improve it and should be given credit for that. I've spent decades here and don't feel I have lost any freedoms. The protesters belong in jail. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. And Leon says, Hugh and Danny sound like two pit bulls in their interview with Zeman today. Entertaining stuff, chaps. Uh, and uh, Henry on uh, Facebook says, uh, Backchat has in the past invited Mark Simon and other pandem leaders as respectable guests. Now, the course has shown that Mark Simon is a US agent involved in clandestine subversive activities. I've always suspected that Mark is that kind of operative as otherwise. Why all of the people in Hong Kong, Jimmy Lai, would hire Mark, a retired spy, but actually an evil agent? I seriously doubt if the programme anchor of Backchat has the necessary intelligence and wisdom to screen guests to be invited. It gives people an impression that they are of the same gang. Birds of a feather flock together. Or is it that the expat audience wants to hear such and the programme satisfy such appetite? That's from uh, Henry. Hugh, you know, you remember better than me, but as from my memory, Mark Simon hasn't appeared on Backchat for a long, long time, even before the national security law. And I think when he did appear was to talk about US politics, wasn't it? We, we would tend to invite him on when we wanted discussions about US politics. Yeah, I think that's also the point that the court hasn't shown... There's no court verdict. I mean, there's no court... I mean, what happened yesterday was prosecution statements were read out. It's true, the defendant pleaded guilty, but the judge hasn't said anything. So there's certainly no court decision on, on this. And if there were, and what the prosecution were 
alleging it was in terms of Mark Simon acting for Jimmy Lai. Jimmy, which, yeah, yeah, Mark I mean, Simon's an worked, agent for Jimmy Lai. He works for Jimmy Lai. I mean, they, they, they weren't actually suggesting he was an agent for the US per se. He might, may have helped, uh, co cooperated with various people in the US. But anyway, we have to wait for the actual... I mean, the court judgment is expected in uh, January, isn't it? So, As for, for getting on uh, guests who later turn out to be uh, criminals... Well, they were uh, elected course, legislators, weren't we've they? we've had... Uh, Donald Jones has previously yes. been a guest on Back Chat Specials. Anyway, um, moving on, we have um, joining us uh, for the uh, second half of the, this, uh, the sh show, we have uh, John App, who is visiting professor and director of Global Centre for Tourism Education Training at the Macau Institute for Tourism Studies. And still with us is Andrew Leung, in international and independent China strategist and former director general of social welfare. Uh, John App, uh, let's, let's go to you first. Uh, welcome to Back Chat. We've been talking throughout the show about uh, the, um, the, uh, con these consultants which are hired by the Hong Kong government I must clarify here, we keep saying 5.7 million, that's 5.7 million US dollars. Okay, so we're talking about $45 million or so, Hong Kong dollars. And they came up with uh, various slogans such as uh, Hong Kong has a reputation for innovation, creativity and entrepreneurial spirit and uh, Hong Kong's cosmopolitan character and cultural richness make it a great place to live in. Um, value for money, John Amp? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. I think that, uh, like from a tourism perspective, um, we need to consider the, the context of what we would say in the industry destination image. And obviously, um, yeah, prior to the, the protests in 2019, um, the image of Hong Kong had certainly been uh, positive. It was one of the most popular Asian destinations. It's dynamic, fast-paced, and obviously, as mentioned by some of your speakers earlier on, um, yeah, it's a the doorway uh, to, to China. Now, given the, the what has subsequently happened in the, the last couple of years, um, Hong Kong certainly does have a, a destination image problem, and um, and I, I think one has to be careful about adopting a, a one-size-fits-all approach, which the consultants seem to be advocating. Um, I, I think that um, if I was to provide any advice to the government. In any of your advertising, um, I would uh, attempt to arouse the curiosity or the distinctiveness of Hong Kong. Um, you, you don't want Hong Kong to be positioned as a, another Chinese city. And then there's something that was discussed you know, even back um, you know, prior to the uh, handover in 1997. You know, what can Hong Kong do from a tourism perspective uh, to maintain its distinctiveness? Um, what I would... Um, suggest, if, if I was asked to suggest, um, in terms of some taglines, I would say, you know, experience the real Hong Kong, um, experience the hidden gems of Hong Kong. Um, I, I wouldn't try to address some of the concerns that have been raised, um, you know, earlier on by, by some of your, your earlier speakers. Um, I, I think that, you know, you've got to address the concerns. The other thing I, I would do is that um, I would I uh, recognise that there are two uh, perspectives that would exist and two viewpoints, and, and unfortunately this reflects the political division that, that exists. Uh, on one side, um, you, you can convey a, a message of stability, security, so that Hong Kong would be appealing to those who, you know, would, you know, value um, stability, uh, security. And, um, you yeah, know, we have a term for 
psychocentric tourists, right? Um, you know, they like the travel bubble. They like to um, you know, feel in their comfort zone. Um, the, the other perspective um, is, is one of uncertainty. And, and I think um, with that particular group of tourists, uh, that they would primarily represent many from the West who have been given a certain image of Hong Kong in, in terms of you know, its uh, political rights, etc. So um, with, in that approach, um, you want to uh, avoid you know, some of the sensitive issues. And as I've mentioned earlier on in a, a suggested tagline uh, about, you know, whatever you do, try to arouse the curiosity of uh, the tourists so that they would want to come to visit. Um, so I think for, for these type of tourists, they probably have a wait and see. Well, let's see what happens with uh, the, the, the situation. Can, can I can I ask? Can I, yeah, can I ask? Because yeah. you know, most of our tourists uh, recently, of course, have been coming from from the mainland. Do we have to then have two kind of strategies? Um, you know, that to to attract mainland tourists and to attract tourists from from the rest of the world. Would you have to have kind of different, even kind of uh, contradictory uh, kind of approaches? Or yeah, would, I, I believe. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, yeah, for example, um, there has been growing anti-mainland tourist sentiment in Hong Kong. Mm. I, mean, I've, I had a, a doctoral student who was examining and, and looking at this. Mm. And um, even what's happening in, in Macau, believe it or not, is that uh, tourists uh, are preferring to come to Macau and they're skipping Hong Kong altogether mm. um, for, for reasons of safety, security and the... Uh, anti-Chinese sentiment and, and the anti-Chinese sentiment, anti sentiment does not necessarily re relate to a political aspect of, what's, of the Chinese but you know, in terms of um, the um, unsocial, uncivilised behaviour this is what turns off um, a lot of the uh, Hong Kong uh, residents uh, in addition to that there are issues of crowding etc. The, the other thing even from an education perspective um, we are seeing um, students telling us why they want to come to Macau to study is because they said, well, they don't feel safe um, in Hong Kong. So uh, I think it's important to um, you know, have a, a, a two-pronged strategy. Um, you know, recognising that right would be the, the Western market in particular. Um, they are, are very sceptical and cautious of you know, the, the, the tagline to say that Asia you know, is the best place to live, work and invest in. All right, from an economic perspective, yes, in, in terms of work and investment, yes, but to live in, uh, I, I think um, you, you don't want to um, you know, convey the, the, the wrong image. You just uh, heard John App there suggesting that the tagline for Hong Kong could be something like experience the real Hong Kong. Uh, before the news, uh, Alan Zeman suggesting something very similar, actually. Come and experience Hong Kong. And uh, Chris Young, who is also joining us, um, talking about similar taglines. Uh, let's bring back Andrew Lung now. Andrew Lung, you haven't contributed your, your own tagline for Hong Kong. I mean, we're not being paid 45 million to come up with these taglines. So it, um, <laughs> 
Um, yes, I, I agree that uh, no matter what you say, uh, the, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So, so something uh, similar to these other... Well, oh, there seems to be... I mean, as I said, <laughs> we're doing this for free. We're not getting 45 million, but we seem to be coming to uh, quite, quite, uh, quite a consensus no, think, on think, what the uh, best tagline is. to say so, because at the end of the day, you don't rely on the consultant's slogan, um, because after all, a lot of people have got to promote Hong Kong um, including Hong Kong's overseas officers, including the media, including the, you know sort of businesses, uh, businessmen like Alan Seaman. At the end of the day, if people come, they realise that there is a lot of misconception and misrepresentation and exaggeration uh, about the ills in Hong Kong and, for that matter, the ills of China. And the, and the last point I'd like to make is that you can't talk about Hong Kong without talking about China. I make no apologies uh, to address some of the issues in, the, uh, in people's minds in the West about China, but after all, China is the one of the best governed country. In the, in, that's not what I say. Uh, it is according to the Harvard uh, Kennedy School report in terms of the uh, degree of support of their people. Okay, Andrew Lung, what, what about something like "Come and see the new Hong Kong"? Would you play that up? Would you Would you say you know Hong Kong is reborn or something, or there is yes, a, there is a new Hong Kong, Kong the new uh, era in Hong Kong? reborn, as it, as it were. I mean, it's um, because the rules are, are much more clearly defined. It's okay, and you think, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just talking about sort formula. of perceptions, so, but you think overseas that would work as a selling point, saying no, come no, and well, see the I new mean, Hong Kong? First of all, you've got to have a slogan, but at the end of the day, you've got to really come down hard uh, on some of the misconceptions and, 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 and criticisms and address them uh, fair and square without shirking um, well, I think um, government does that, doesn't it? It comes at you with these endless statements for every time any, any foreign government says something about Hong Kong, you will see a we're, we're in, we're, by the same day there will be a statement from uh, from the Information Services Department using extremely uh, strong language to talk about the uh, uh, strongly condemns the so-called... Well, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that this warrior rhetoric... Um, uh, would, would, would work. Uh, at the end of the day, you've got well, there's to... There's quite a bit of it. I mean, people have no noticed, haven't they? They said, I mean, you, you can just go... In fact, there's been a survey actually counted the number of times uh, so-called had been used by the Information Services Department and strongly condemns the sort of terminology which we hadn't seen in Hong Kong government press releases until a year or two ago. And they found a huge increase over the last couple of years. Yes, I know. But, that, but that's uh, the, the uh, bureaucratic um, uh, rhetoric. Uh, when you come to talk, when you, when, when, when you, when you uh, come to talk to foreign investors and foreign businessmen, um, none of this would work. You've got to address the real concerns. And in fact, there is a great deal of misconception and, and, and exaggeration. You, you've got to tell them what's really on the ground. Is it really an unsafe place? Is it really, uh, you know, sort of no press freedom? Is it the, what about the business environment? And so on and so forth. And what about China? You know, you've got, you've got to highlight, you, you, you mustn't shirk the questions about the uh, criticisms uh, of, of both Hong Kong and China, but you've got to address them fair and square. And, and put everything in context. Okay. Well, one email, this is from Kay, uh, who says, um, wow, uh, seven and a half, uh, sorry, 5.7 uh, million US dollars to learn what everyone already knows. How should we promote the image of Hong Kong overseas? Don't give celebrity actors coming from COVID-stricken places exemptions from quarantine. Uh, how do we maintain ourselves as Asia's world city? Come up with a roadmap to deal with COVID and follow it. The Hong Kong government has no confidence in its ability to open up. How can expect anyone overseas to have confidence? No amount of relaunching, rebranding or re-anything is going to change overseas perception unless there's an actual change on the
the ground. This advice is free, but I'd gladly take a million dollars for it. Where do I send uh, the uh, invoice? I think Information uh, Services Department there. Uh, Alan says, uh, hearing Zeman say China is fixing Hong Kong is sickening. A good slogan to use in the mainland. The rest of the world finds it chilling. The problem is that all the real selling points of Hong Kong are the things that distinguish it from the mainland and the bootlickers are denigrating these while Carrie works to erase them. So only... Sorry. Was I getting legal advice? No, I was just going to say, to be be fair to Alan Seaman, Alan Seaman did actually later retract from that statement. uh, When I picked him up on it, he he retracted from the statement, China's fixing Hong Kong. Okay. So only the most vapid, meaningless slogan like, see for yourself, uh, will be allowed. That's uh, from Alan. That's uh, another uh, Alan. Uh, And um, let's see, on uh, Facebook... Uh, TC says you can put lipstick on a pig but it's still a pig to simply sell Hong Kong is a great place to do business but not addressing the need for a stable political environment in order to make good business environment is rather futile and uh, TC also says uh, if someone is writing unsubstantiated accusations against others perhaps it's not a good idea to uh, read it that's uh, from TC thank you very much indeed to to our guests this morning to Andrew Lung thank you very much indeed Mr Lung uh, international and independent uh, China strategist and to John App visiting professor at the Macau Institute for Tourism uh, Studies um, just a couple more emails before we get to our final topic uh, today uh, uh, Bowen says without necessarily concluding whether or not the communications authority decision on the use of the word nationwide by RTHK is correct it should be pointed out that at least one of the three considerations given is erroneous. The Communications Authority considers that it is a fact that Taiwan is not a country and hence the use of the word term nationwide is inaccurate. The clearest and most authoritative explanation of the term nation is, to my knowledge, that provided by the 2019 edition of Black's Law Dictionary. Uh, Quote, the nearest we can get to a definition is to say that a nation is a group of people bound together by common history, common sentiment and traditions, and usually by common heritage. A state, on the other hand, is a society of men united under one government. These two forms of society are not necessarily coincident. A single nation may be fixed, may be divided into several states and Conversely, a single state may comprise several nations or parts of nations, unquote. This actually only confirms what any first-year university political science student ought to know. The concept last mentioned above is known as a multinational state. Obvious examples are India, the former Soviet Union, the Austro-Hungarian, Ottoman and Russian empires. Canada and Belgium are considered by some to be binational, binational states. So Taiwan can properly be referred to as a nation within the multinational state of the People's Republic of China. Incidentally, the more formal and precise, as opposed to colloquial term to use such a, to designate a distinct political unit in international society, is state, not country. That is from Bowen. And Mary says, Secretary for uh, Welfare, Lord Chi Kuang's assessment, the reduction in population can be attributed in part to the suspension of entry of the 150 today uh, per day one-way permit holders is specious. The one-way permit holders have uh, all along been additional, not replacement population. This is evident from the incremental increase in population from 6.6 million in 2000 to 7.5 million in 2020. Uh, uh, Clearly, uh, one-way permit holders movement is not part of the equation and the outflow is of established residents only. Mr Law's interpretation of the data does not convince. It's regrettable that Mr Law and his colleagues do not see fit to assure folk who have stayed put that the ongoing purge and arrest campaign has defined and limited objectives and outline them to the community, thereby reassuring existing residents they are indeed free to live, work and invest 
hear that the government is planning to roll out an overseas campaign later this year to promote the city. While much uncertainty of tenure exists is audacious and doomed to be another initiative that will be quietly dropped in due course. That comes from Mary. Finally today and this week, wanted to look ahead briefly to the uh, Paralympics uh, opening in Tokyo uh, next week. Patrick Lau joins us, Professor Lau, from the Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health at the Baptist University. Professor Lau, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Thank everybody. you very much indeed for, for, for joining us. So we had a, we had a really good uh, Olympics. Uh, what are the prospects like for Hong Kong in the Paralympics? I think uh, the carryover event will last. Um, the people are expecting good results. And actually, when we look for the history of the Paralympic Hong Kong teams, we have been doing very good. Since 1972, we, won, we have won 126 medals. That's a good record, and we are looking for that. So how many medals do you think we have a realistic chance of winning this time? <laughs> oh, it will be... Uh, I, I don't know, because last year in Rio, we, we had uh, two gold medal, two silver and two uh, bronze. I believe we can, um, we can um, have this too, hopefully. But you know, the, the, the competitiveness of the Paralympics is not uh, lower than the normal Olympics. So I believe it will be very competitive. It's not really easy to predict, but I think Hong Kong team are ready because we have a few very strong events, including the badminton, Gaussian, fencing especially, and some strong events. So I believe we can have a few medals. Uh, tell us a bit more about Boschia, because listeners li may not be familiar with that. That's, a, uh, that's a, a sport unique to the Paralympics, isn't it? What do you mean? Uh, uh, Boschia. You referred to Boschia, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, uh, that's only a sport for the Paralympics, isn't it? Yes, at the moment, yes. yes. That's the sort of bowling game, is it? That's an indoor bowling game? Kind of, a kind of lawn bowling, but mm. they're doing it on the hard surface. Yeah, uh, for oh. those uh, um, physical disabled people, yeah. So, actually, this is a good question to be raised, because um, when we try to appreciate and watch the Paralympic events, they, they are very different from the uh, Summer Olympics. Um, on one hand, um, they have three categories. Um, one is uh, visual impairment, the second is physical disabled, and the third one is the intellectual disabled. And under these three categories, they have subcategories based on different injury level. So for the spectators, they, that will be a little complicated for them if we, if we don't have a good interpreter or commentator from the TV or media. So we need more expertise and commentators to introduce the game rules and how to watch it. That will help to, uh, the watchers to appreciate the games. What, what is our investment uh, in disabled athletes like in, in Hong Kong, you know, uh, compared to other places? How seriously do we take this? Um, I, I believe that will be much less uh, according to the uh, government budget. Um, they don't have a uh, very concrete number presented, but um, the combined usage of that Hong Kong airside training facilities are shared with the able and disabled athletes. So uh, in terms of the uh, award money, there were about 10% when we compare to the normal Olympic athletes when they win the medals, about 10%. So. But we, we should not judge the, the, the uh, allocation of funding because um, in history, we haven't 
strongly promote the the Paralympic events. Even we had a very good tradition and uh, performance. So I believe the most important thing right now is the first thing I just mentioned: how to help people watch and appreciate the disabled events. The second one is the media: how we promote the the performance achievement we have already. You are going to have the same problem for the Paralympics as for the Olympics, that there'll be no actual audience in the stadiums. Yes, even worse. Yeah, you're right. Uh, for the, for the uh, Tokyo 2020, um, because of the COVID-19. Um, but at the same time, without the audience from the home game, uh, that would be a lot of unpredictable outcomes. Because if we have a lot of uh, home game fans to support Japan, then it would be very different. Right now, we neutralize the game. No matter you are the Japanese or overseas athletes, they are the same, they are balanced. And presumably the Paralympic squad have suffered their own problems from COVID-19 in terms of training. There are even reports that there are no hotel rooms for them to quarantine after they come back from the Paralympics. Yes, I I believe this uh, uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, including Paralympics, uh, they have already started a new lesson for the future games, how to host it, because we predict this kind of uh, uh, virus disease will come again. So I believe this will uh, give a new lesson and hints for the future games, and we cannot avoid it. Yeah, and worrying though reports of uh, a spike in cases in uh, in, in Tokyo and uh, Japan, which which might just, you know deter um, future hosts. Uh, TC on on uh, Facebook says, if the world really cares about disabled athletes and the Paralympic movement, then the Paralympics should be held before the Olympics. Uh, uh, and after, I think he means raw and not after. Uh, the IOC is simply treating it like a form of corporate responsibility by forcing the Olympic host city to host the Paralympics as well. The current arrangement is very anticlimactic and treats Paralympians like afterthoughts. Another reason for holding the Paralympics before the Olympics is that holding the smaller event allows the host city to see what problems may, exam- may exist, for example, logistics, security, and gives them a chance to address them before the bigger sporting event comes along that's from uh, tc very what? interesting idea tc I, the, and the standard chartered marathon is in the news the standard chartered marathon normally the, the wheelchair marathon does go ahead before the the main event which so that would be the sort of thing tc is talking about professor Lau, what about that as an idea having it first um i don't really think i thought about this before because uh, this is tradition and actually um before year 2000 uh, the paralympic games are separate uh, are host uh, between the, the summer and the Paralympic Games. So uh, I believe the sequence of the, the hosting between these two games are based on the convenience and facilities. So they may put it after the, the Lomo Olympics. So if they put it in front, they may produce more uh, difficulty for them to, to pre- prepare the, the ceremonies, the facility arrangement for, for their convenience. Maybe after the Lomo Olympics, they have more time to take care of the disabled needs. I believe this could be the operation consideration. But, uh, yes, I, I think if we, we can consider even deeper, if this is possible, I, I don't think it's a difficulty. Yeah, but mostly based on the uh, concept of equality. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Yeah.
Okay. Well, Professor Lau, many thanks for, for joining us. Professor Patrick Lowther from the Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health at the Baptist University. A few emails to finish off. Vic says, uh, Dear Backchat, come to Hong Kong and experience the never-give-up attitude of the residents living under the Lion Rock. You will take back great memories and return home with renewed hope. That's Vic's suggestion. Anish says, on what basis is Nicole Kidman's visit to Hong Kong economically more important than Mark Tucker's? Mark went through three weeks of quarantine with his wife and 10-year-old child. Surely there are business leaders here and around the world that need to travel to and from Hong Kong, more so than someone who's making a TV series for Amazon. That comes uh, from uh, Anish. And June, finally, says, Dear Back Chaps, uh, this is regarding yesterday's show uh, on animal cruelty. Uh, I'm not vegetarian, but I do believe our attitudes need to change to protect the environment. I've halved my meat consumption and I will continue to reduce. I do so happily after educating myself on this subject. It's clear that the single biggest thing we can do to preserve this planet is reduce meat consumption. I was surprised by a comment made by Mr Chiverton to the guest about hurting an oyster yesterday. He ought to know very well that an oyster does not have a nervous system and therefore cannot feel pain. I did sense a, a, a disdain from him for the plant-based movement from that comment. As the population grows, so does our appetite for all things luxurious and animal farming has to become has become factory style. Mass killing, male chicks and calves are examples, is now an accepted norm. Uh, everyone can do something. Start with one meat-free meal a week or start cutting out items that are extremely cool and unnecessary, like foie gras. Just be kinder and look at things slightly differently. Just my two cents. That comes uh, from June. Thank you very much indeed for that uh, observation and that uh, education. Uh, Danny, thank you very much indeed. That's it from uh, us. Once again, thanks to uh, our producer, Yuki Jung, for the uh, daily miracle of <laughs> getting a panel uh, together. Uh, the weather forecast, mainly fine and hot. There will be isolated showers and one or two thunderstorms as well. And the outlook, mainly fine and persistently very hot in the next few days too. 29 Celsius at the moment. Relative humidity at 72%. Have a good weekend. No way. This is a restaurant. No breastfeeding here. You always pump milk in working hours. No bonus for you this year. There are kids and adults in the mall. You can't breastfeed here. Why is breastfeeding like fighting a battle? The amended sex discrimination ordinance protects women against breastfeeding discrimination and harassment. For inquiries, call the Equal Opportunities Commission at 2511-8211. Don't discriminate against breastfeeding women. 9.33, the news now with Vicky Wong. The vice chair of an international business group says Hong Kong's zero COVID strategy with its strict quarantine measures is outdated and creates too much uncertainty, especially for the business community. Inyaki Amate of the European Chamber of Commerce in Hong Kong was commenting after tighter quarantine requirements took effect today. Hong Kong and Singapore have said they've agreed to stop pursuing a travel bubble between the two sides. They say the decision was reached after considering the differences in anti-epidemic controls used in the two places. And there are growing concerns for the safety of people in Afghanistan who helped the NATO-led coalition after a document for the United Nations said the Taliban were hunting them down. The intelligence paper says the Taliban have lists of individuals particularly at risk are members of the military or police. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Cheers, Vicky. Good morning to you. It is Friday the 20th of August. We're almost at the weekend. We made it. 
Loads going on between now and one o'clock on the morning brew.